0: Ah, what a beautiful name it is. Man, I love that song. I love being able to worship like this through our online location. I hope it's been meaningful to you. I hope you were able to contemplate on those words. Who knows, maybe even belt out some tunes at home in your living room or on your deck or at your camper or on your boat, wherever you're checking this service out. I hope that worship really connected you to God and reminded you of how awesome He is. It's so good to be back. I'm glad to be back. I've been trying to practice what we've been preaching what we're going to preach this week in our sermon called I'm So Tired. And uh, it's good to be back. I'm glad to be back with you. I know so many of you have had questions about, hey, what's going on with church? We're green now in our county. We're going to be opening up. And I just want to assure you that we are working so hard on creating a very safe plan that takes into account our unique challenges as a church. And I know Some churches have rushed back, and other churches have gotten back and doing their thing, and you're like, what's happening with us? We have some unique challenges and some unique circumstances that we can speak to, that we are working hard on, and I can tell you this, you're going to be hearing soon from us about our plan to to regather. Church has never been closed, it's not reopening, to regather in person together, and we've been talking to doctors and medical people and nurses in ICUs, and we are feeling confident about the plan we are putting together. We love you, and because of our love for you and your kids and your grandkids, because of our love for our neighbors and our our elderly and everybody, we just want to err on the side of love and really make sure we are doing our utmost to protect everybody during these crazy times. And by the way, let's just get into it. You ready? You ready to get into it? Um, Let's pray and do this thing. Dear God, we're so thankful for this opportunity we have to gather together at our online location. Would you help us to um, really focus on you and hear from you this morning? We know you got something for us no matter who we are, no matter what life looks like, um, no matter what time of day we're watching this, no matter when we're jumping onto this online location or where we're jumping on here from, you got something for us right now in these moments. And we need it. We need you. We don't need more of us. We don't need our ideas. We don't need more talking heads. We don't need more opinions. We just need you and your Word. So would you clear our heads and our minds from all of the countless distractions that plague us and help us to focus in on what you have for us right now. Do something amazing in our hearts encourage those who need encouragement, challenge those who need to be challenged, strengthen those who are weak. We're just so thankful that you love us no matter who we are and that you demonstrated that love for us on a cross. In Jesus' name, amen. The message we have for you today, I have for you today, is called I'm So Tired. It's another message in our series called all the feels, learning how to feel through times like these. Now this is so important to be able to have the self-reflection, the self-awareness, to be able to look at what's actually going on in our hearts and in our heads instead of just being pulled by reactions to everything we hear online or from the news we watch or our circumstances. It's so important to have the ability to stop and to look at our own feelings and our own emotions and to hold them up to God and be like, is this where I should be with this thing? Is my attitude what it should be? Is my heart where it should be? Am I dealing with these emotions the way you would want me to deal with them? Because Christ said, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy, burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And we've been dragging around a lot of heavy burdens. What God's got for us through Christ is better. Somebody right now, take a sip of coffee and say it's better. Not because of the Folgers or the Starbucks, because what Jesus got for you with your emotions, with your thinking It's better than what anybody else has for you on Facebook or Instagram. It's better. His burden is light. And I want you to experience that. I want to experience that more in my life. Today's message is called, I'm so tired. Have you been there? See, I look around and I see so many people that are just worn out. That's how you tell when somebody is tired. They just, you can see it on their faces sometimes, see it in how they carry their posture, you can see it in how they walk around, you can see it in how they have conversations about what's going on in the world, they're just worn out. And now more than ever in this pandemic that we're walking through, I think people are, are finally maybe just flat out tired of it. They're tired of it. They're tired of dealing with it. They're tired of thinking about it. Maybe they're even tired of hearing about it. They're tired of living differently than the normal they wanted to live in. Maybe you're okay with that. Maybe you're worn out in another area of your life. Maybe it's in a relationship or your marriage. You're just tired of it and you're worn out. And the sting of exhaustion has started to take its toll on you emotionally, physically, and probably spiritually, because it's all connected. Listen, there's, there's all kinds of different ways to get worn out in life. I've lumped them into two different categories. People can wear you out. They can exhaust you. They can wear you down and tire you out. And so can circumstances. I, I don't know if this is going to be a check for you or if you got some people like this in your life. But I think it's important To really identify why we're getting so worn out. There's different kinds of people that can wear us out. Maybe you have some of these. Hopefully you aren't one of these. If you are, like, like, listen, grace, man, we throw some grace to you. We love you. Fix it. (laughs) Check yourself before you wreck yourself. But like, there's people that'll wear you out. Angry people. You spend enough time with somebody who's angry and eventually they'll exhaust you. You won't have the energy to keep listening and dealing with the anger they throw out at you. People that complain all the time, they, they can exhaust you and wear you down. Manipulative people just always trying to twist things and always trying to, to turn things to their favor, their view. They can exhaust you and wear you down. Eventually you get tired of it and you just don't Want to deal with it. You don't want to be around them. There's people that just can like suck the life out of you because they're so emotionally needy. Every time they call, you think, ah, oh, man, I don't really feel like I should, but I don't really want to talk to them. And then you hang up the phone after having that conversation and you just feel drained. It, there's different kinds of people can wear you out and have you feel tired and divisive people can do that too. Maybe you're feeling extra worn out because you have not been managing the conversations in a healthy way that you have with people who have been draining your energy. Maybe a little loving confrontation is what's needed to say, hey man, like I love you. But like, this got to stop because I can't do it anymore. You see, people can wear you out and so can circumstances. And when it comes to our circumstances wearing us out, I think that there's certain types or, or characteristics to our circumstances that can really exhaust us and have us feeling like, man, I just don't know if I can go on. I just don't know if I can do it anymore. You see, the more emotionally straining a circumstance is, or the more physically straining a circumstance is, the quicker it can wear your whole system down and tire you out. Emotionally straining circumstances would be a relationship that's in constant contention, that never has any peace, that never has any loving moments, or is constant fighting, arguing, bickering, challenging for position, you know, uh, that kind of relationship is emotionally straining, stretched out over a longer period of time. And if you are in one of those relationships, you're probably saying, I'm so tired of this already. And if you're not there yet without fixing that and getting some perspective on it, without changing the way that relationship operates, you're going to burn out and get exhausted. It's the same for physically exhausting and strained lengths of time and your circumstances. You see, you can only run so long, so fast without getting burned out. You, you, you at some point need to slow down, pull the foot off the gas pedal, take a break so that your system can rest. The longer a circumstance is straining, whether it's emotionally or physically, the quicker you get worn out. Sometimes our circumstances can just be frustrating. and When they're frustrating over an extended period of time and we feel powerless to do anything about it, we get worn out. Sound familiar? Because what we're walking through together is all of those things. Our circumstances look like all of those, say all of those things because that's what you're dealing with right now. We're surrounded by people and some of them God bless them. They just really are scared and feeling very needy as they walk through this. They need our attention to help hold their hand and walk through this. There's tons, of there's no shortage of angry people. I'm sick of seeing all of the angry people put their rants on Facebook. There's no shortage of people that are manipulating or trying to turn things towards their advantage. There's no shortage of divisive people all heightened by a circumstance that has been emotionally and physically exhausting and strained over a long period of time. Add to that the frustration of our life being different than the normal we had become comfortable with and our, our weakness or lack of power to really change that and put it all back the way it was. And you have a recipe for a bunch of people being like, I'm so tired. I don't know if I can go on. My guess is like you've been dealing with some of that junk. Your heart has felt that. That you have felt so tired and worn down by what we've been dealing with, and you don't know if you can keep going. You don't know if you want to keep going. You're starting to wonder if you're all alone in this. You're starting to feel like maybe nobody cares about you. Maybe God doesn't see you. Maybe... I get it. Because when you're tired, it really starts to affect how easy it is to buy into all of the lies that are thrown at us. When you're worn out, it's harder to keep your mind focused and firm on what God has for you and the truth He has for you. When you're worn down, it's easier to be tossed back and forth by your circumstances or by the people in your life who don't have good things for you. So you're feeling worn out. You don't have as much energy. It feels harder and harder to go to work, to do the things you need to do at home to foster your relationship with your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your your friends. Or it's harder and harder to get something positive out of work, to feel like you're adding something to the conversation. It gets harder and harder to go on. And the first thing that we say when we start to feel exhausted is, how long? How much longer Like, I've said that plenty of times on a treadmill. I know you probably think, man, you haven't been on a treadmill probably since this quarantine started, and you would be right. But I've said it a plenty of times. So your first thing when you're starting to get tired is like, how long do I have to run? Like, I have to run? How long? How long again? Wow, that felt like half an hour. It was only three minutes. But the first thing your kids say when they're tired on their journey that you're taking in the car is like, how long, how long till we get there? The first thing you say when you're frustrated with your husband and it's exhausting is like, how long is he going to be like this? Is it ever going to change? How long is the first cry of our heart when we're tired? And David was tired. Man, he didn't know if he could go on and the first cry of his heart was, how long are things going to be like this? It's tough, When the answer isn't as crisp or clear as we want it to be. In Psalm 13, how are you doing on the Psalm Challenge? If you've been doing the Psalm Challenge with us, a psalm a day before you flick on the news or scroll on social media, if you've been doing that, you already read Psalm 13, which we're jumping into right now. I love these psalms. I've been thinking during the Psalm Challenge, I think I want to memorize some of these psalms. Psalm 13 is one where David's exhausted. He's being hunted by Saul. He has a promise that's been laid out in front of him, like God's going to do some stuff. He's going to be king eventually, but that promise isn't realized. Seems like it's never going to get there. He's stuck in this cave living. He doesn't have the comfort of his home. He doesn't have the comfort of his life before all this king nonsense, before he got to hang out in the palace, when he was just tending to his father's flocks. He doesn't have any of that he's stuck in discomfort his life completely disrupted and he's filled with all kinds of anxieties and worry wrestling with all kinds of things and he's hiding out in a cave as Saul the current king the one David would replace in God's timing is hunting him to kill him not a good situation those are not things I want to describe my life that I have a promise from God that things are going to be great, but that promise seems really far off and maybe like it's never going to get here. I don't, I don't want to live a life that's full of discomfort. I want the comforts of the way my life used to be. Somebody give me an amen. I know you're feeling it. I don't want a disrupted normal. I just want normal the way it used to be. I don't want to have to be filled with worry every time I walk into a crowd of people. I don't want to have to be filled with worry every time I see somebody acting recklessly or sneezing into the open air, which is gross, by the way. I don't want to, I don't want to be filled with worry And that's the circumstance that David's in in this cave when he writes Psalm 13. It's a circumstance that isn't that dissimilar from what you're dealing with right now. And David says, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? It's encouraging to know that David walked in similar shoes to you, that his experience was similar to yours. How long? There's two breaks in this passage. One comes right now. There's a little break if you're looking at a Bible. It's marked actually by a space in the paragraph. And verse 3 kind of shifts his focus just a little bit. You see, he stops after the how longs. The stop created a pause for him to kind of shift his focus a little bit. Instead of me, 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 he says, look on me. Answer, Lord God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fail. This little stop is him going from, where are you to help me? I don't see you to help me. I don't get when this is going to end to just help me through it. It's a shift that's important. It's a shift you got to make. Like if you have been just crying out on Facebook, how long? How long? I can't take this anymore. This is so stupid. This is wrong. This is right. This is what I feel. Like, you need to shift. Stop and shift from, like, how long to God help me. There's another stop and shift that happens. Stopping is so important in this whole process. There's another stop and shift that happens here before verse 5. See, there's a space there. And a new thought comes and starts with but. You see, he stops again after asking for help, and he makes a decision in the space created by him applying the pause to his rant. And he says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord praise for he has been good to me. he he shifts here with that little bit of pause almost like it's necessary to create the space to decide To trust God, remember that God's love hasn't failed him, and even if he doesn't see it, it wouldn't fail him now. And to decide and to reflect on the goodness of God that God had demonstrated to him—it's a pause we so desperately need. You see, so often we think we keep looking for a solution to our circumstances. We want God to fix our circumstances, to bring us back to normal. Like God, bring us back to normal. I want. Without pre-mass, pre-COVID, I, I want we want to see a solution, and we wrestle and we squirm for a solution. God's not trying to bring you a solution to your circumstance; He's trying to bring you Himself. He doesn't. That's way more important than this COVID thing ending. Way more important than getting back to normal is to stop squirming from under the circumstances of life and to start to see the solution he brings is not a solution of just your circumstances. It's him. I see a whole lot of squirming. I've been squirming myself. And it took this break, this vacation I had, this pause. I was so tired before this break. I didn't know if I could keep going. I didn't know if I could keep doing this. I didn't know if I, I was like, give me a sabbatical and have that sabbatical. And when this COVID thing is over, like I was so tired, but the pause helped me remember the solution isn't getting back to normal. That's not what I need. I don't, I don't need, I don't need that. What I need is deeper understanding and knowledge and relationship with God. I don't need to squirm out of the problems in my relationships. I need to see God clearer and deeper and to understand His unfailing love on new levels. I don't need to squirm back to church the way it used to be. I need to understand God on a deeper level. The pause creates the space. Take advantage of it. Please hear me. I know this is hard. I love you. I've felt this tension myself, and it was tough to work through. The solution we need isn't a change to our circumstance. It's not a change to our government. It's not a change to our politics. It's not a change to any of that. The solution we need is the solution God's been trying to bring us in the pandemic That so we so often miss because we're focused on our circumstance. It's deeper with Him. His yoke is easy. There's burn in His burden is light, and in Him you'll find the rest you need. How long we forget when we get worn out and feels an unending, frustrating line of circumstances and people. We forget that God still cares that He hasn't forgotten us. We forget that we're not on our own, and we need to stop to create the space to decide to trust Him. We need to stop to reflect on all the good He has done in our lives. Habakkuk cried out how long. It's a book you don't hear, I haven't preached very often, Habakkuk is its little tiny book in the back of the Old Testament right before you flip over to Matthew. It's not even like that far. Like that's a paper-thin like space between Habakkuk and the New Testament. This book starts off with a complaint. How many of you start off with a complaint in life? You wake up and start off with a complaint? Like Habakkuk, that's how this whole book starts off. And his complaint starts off with, how long, Lord? How long? Like, how long? Come on. How long must I call for help? But you do not listen. You're frustrated because you feel like nobody's listening. Come on. You feel like maybe we're not listening. How long? Must I call for help and you do not listen or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails and the wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. But then listen, after his complaint, the the pause, God says, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. What if that's God now? Like, Would you just stop for a second and look for me? Would you just stop and see that the solution I'm bringing is not to your circumstances, it's to your heart, it's me? Would you just stop and watch would you just maybe like Psalm 348 it? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Would you just like Psalm 46, 10 it? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Isaiah 40:31 it, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will will walk and not be faint. I'm so serious about that. I totally passed up the go birds reference in the middle of it. Like Habakkuk, wait, man. Like I'm doing something you're not paying attention to. You're looking at your circumstances instead of me. Stop and see. Stop and look. I think maybe that's why God built in Sabbath. I just came back from two weeks of Sabbath. I fooled you. We pre recorded the sermon two weeks ago. (laughs) I just came back, and it was really difficult. It was so hard. Usually I can shut it off and take the rest I needed immediately upon getting in the car and heading towards vacation. You know, I wrestled with this junk and what had been going on in my heart and my frustrations until Wednesday of the the week I was away. I was such a struggle, and I was angry and frustrated, and this thing had been messing with my heart and with my head, and that's why God gives us Sabbath, because I needed that break for rest to stop myself and say, what about God? what's he doing in this? What if the solution isn't a change to my circumstance? Things aren't going to get better. Then maybe a little bit for a time, but we're wrestling with this. This is a marathon, not a sprint. What if the solution is just deepening my relationship with God and finding the hope and the rest and the peace and the joy that he has for me? See that's why God built Sabbath into the system. Sabbath is taking a break from all the work and all the busyness and all the stress and all the worry. It's about resting before God and focusing on Him. It's about shutting it down, just stopping and saying, "Okay, what's God doing? What's God? What's God's got? What does God got for me? What's He have for me in this?" And when we Sabbath, we remember that we aren't alone. That we don't have to do it all by ourselves that God's got us, that His promises are still true, that the disruption in our life can't disrupt God's plan for us, that the discomfort that we feel can be used by God to draw us to new depths with Him. But it only happens when we stop. Can we just, like, cut all the nonsense out for a second, even though this might be a little challenging for all of us? Some of y'all need to Sabbath from social media Some of y'all need to take a Sabbath from the news you're watching, the echo chamber you're caught in. Some of y'all need to take a Sabbath from complaining about our current circumstances. You need to take a Sabbath about asking, like, what, do we do? what are we doing? When are things going back to normal? Some of you need to take a Sabbath from the, the frustration that you're venting and spewing and wrestling with. Some of y'all need to take a Sabbath from being so busy and trying to cover up all the stuff you're dealing with in your heart by just being busier and doing stuff and doing stuff. Some of you need to take a Sabbath from your fears and your worries. Some of you, you need to take a Sabbath and just stop. Just stop and say, what you, what you doing, God? What you got for me? What if you are doing things that I would not even believe if you had told me? We need a Sabbath and remember. God's love, it hasn't failed you. It's not failing you now. Sabbath and rest. And experience the goodness he has for you. As he doesn't bring you maybe a change to your circumstances that you're so desperate for. But he brings you something greater. He brings you himself. The Thessalonian church was one that was born into persecution. A Gentile church that Paul loved and wrote two letters to to help them understand what it means to walk with Christ. They had been going through very difficult times and they had been doing it extremely well. And he writes in the beginning of the second letter he wrote to them he says we ought to always thank god if you're following along second thessalonians 1 and verse 3 we ought to always to thank god for you and i thank god for you i know this may be tough to hear i thank god for you i'm grateful for you i'm so glad you're a part of this i love you god's got something better for all of us i just want us to see it we thank god for you brothers and sisters and rightly so because your faith is growing more and more And the love you have for one another is increasing. How are those two things going for you during the last week and a half? Have you been growing deeper in your relationship with God? If you haven't, you've been a slave to your circumstances and you've been missing out on the sweet stuff God has for you. Have you been growing in your love for other people? Or have you been demonizing them, making them the enemy, shouting about them on your rants on social media, complaining about them every chance you get cuz they look different or vote different or are different than you. Two things. He says like you have grown in your faith and you have grown in your love for others, and that's why we thank God for you. Yeah, life's tough. You've been persecuted. The church doesn't have it easy. People find out you're Christians and you're risking your life to be one, That's the Thessalonians. But yet, as tough as it has gotten, you continue to grow in your walk with God and you continue to love people more. Could that be said of you? Not, not, not would you say that of yourself. Could the people who follow you online say that of you? Could they say that of me? I'm terrified to know the answer to that, but I hope they could. And then he says this, Therefore, among God's churches, among all the churches, listen. there's lots of churches doing lots of things. I get it. There are different churches in us. They're doing their own thing, what they think is best. Maybe some of them, you know, well, and maybe some of them not. I don't, I mean, that's not, none of my business. There, but Paul says, among all of God's churches, we boast about your perseverance of faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. I want that to be written about this church, this church that I'm a part of, that I love, that I'll bleed and sweat and cry for. I want that to be said. Like, Paul's like, out of all the churches, yeah, they're all doing their thing and the best they can. This church and its perseverance, let's brag about this one the most because they keep growing deeper in love with God and they keep growing in love for people that are different than them. I want that to be said of us. Grow in your faith by pursuing God first and grow in your love for others by blanketing everything, how you talk, what you say, all the gestures, all the tone, err on the side of love than to people, even the people that vote different than you. And set your minds to Romans twelve twelve. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Could you commit to that with me? Could you commit to never tiring of doing that kind of good with me? Listen, I love you. I hope this has challenged you in a good way, encouraged your heart. You can do it. You're awesome. God loves you. He's got amazing things for you. Let's not miss it because of our circumstances. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us. This has been a challenging message that I've had to wrestle with for weeks now. And uh, man, just... We need you. Don't let your church miss, not just this church, the church in general, miss what you're doing during these crazy times. Don't let us seek solutions to such temporary things. Let us seek you as our solution and our relationship with you as our first priority above any other change we want to see. Help us to desire change in our hearts towards you some of us are exhausted in our relationships exhausted in our marriages exhausted in our health exhausted with our finances exhausted help us to dive deeper despite those circumstances into you and experience your yoke and burden is light and you will give us rest we're so tired and we want to say how long but we say it doesn't matter how long because we will remember your goodness to us. We will remember your unfailing love. That will have our attention first. God, help us grow in our relationship with you and help us to love people more. And in so doing, persevere in a way in which you will be so proud of. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.